Welcome to the RV Podcast. This is episode 450. And this week on the RV Podcast, we talk about finding great campsites on public land with a popular service called Hip Camp. And our fall gathering has been announced. A Music City Meetup in Nashville, October 2nd to the 5th. The best and most friendly campgrounds as judged by our RV Lifestyle Facebook group members. Uh, a story on how Turons, tourist idiots, have been causing problems again at Yellowstone. And we have RV recipes, tips, helpful ways to organize the RV, and some expert advice on the best speed and the maximum distance you should travel when RVing. All this and more coming up on episode 450 of the RV Podcast. Hello everybody, I am Mike Wendland and this is my lifelong traveling companion and my bride, Jennifer, and summer is with us. Beautiful weather. Beautifully. If you like it hot, we got it hot. We're excited in uh, not quite two weeks, a little less than two weeks, we will be at our summer uh, meetup, our summer gathering, which will be on the shores of Lake Huron at the very tip of the lower peninsula Michigan Mitt. It's going to be a great time. That event is sold out, but... We have announced this week uh, the dates and the details of our fall meetup. This is going to be a big one. It will be. I think everybody likes Nashville. We call it the Music City Meetup. And among other things, we're all going to go to the Grand Ole Opry a program from them, uh, one of the nights that we're there. We're camping at the KOA in Nashville which uh, has bus services uh, downtown to Broadway and all the honky-tonks and all the fun things to shop and see and eat and do in Nashville. Plus, we'll have lots of socializing. The date's October 2nd through the 5th, and um, this will sell out as well. Uh, we were able to get uh, a number of, of spots together at the KOA in Nashville, but uh, once they're gone, they're gone. So you, you want to sign up pretty quick, October 2nd through the 5th, and you can find details at rvlifestyle.com slash Nashville. And we would love to, uh, to have uh, a chance to eyeball all of you at that uh, <laughs> Music City meetup. Also, our summer merch is here. We're ready to announce that. We've got um, four new exciting designs for 2023. Uh, RV Lifestyle clothing. And we also just see we have some pint beer glasses and some iced... Uh, you thought I'd like that? <laughs> yeah, well, an iced wine glass and uh, cool shirts, sweatshirts, uh, even, even journals that you can keep travel notes with. Lots of great stuff. And uh, you can find that at rvlifestyle.com slash 2023 merch. And we'll put a note in the show notes for this episode at rvlifestyle.com. So um, this has been a, a, a great time for our RV Lifestyle Facebook group. I don't think I've ever seen it grow as fast as it is. We are now over 185,000 members. It's a very active Facebook group. And as such, it's, it's a bellwether of all of the trends and the, and the things that are shaping the RV lifestyle uh, right up to the moment. People are very active on there. And uh, as normal, our social media Facebook guru, Wendy Boyer, is going to tell us the issues that people were talking about the most this past week. Hi, Mike and Jen. Sometimes in the RV Lifestyle Facebook group, members share pictures, maps, and other details of an epic trip they took. And that's what I'd like to share with you first today. Um, Susan, a member of our group, took such a trip 15,000 miles from September 1st through June 1st. They started in New Hampshire and went all the way around the country, going over the northern states, down the western coast, down the southern part, up the east coast, back to New Hampshire. Some highlights, she said the best scenery that they saw was between Mount Helens and Glacier National Park. She said the state that had the friendliest people was Tennessee. And she said the most peaceful campground they visited was in Columbus, Texas. Her posts got many people talking, inspired so many others, and also had a lot of agreement from different members of the group. 
Next, I'd like to share a post from Renee. Renee was looking for a nice campground near a beach and she said, where should I go? And she got so many suggestions. Some highlights included a recommendation from Misty to go to South Carolina's Apache Campground. Scott recommended Fort DeSoto Campground in Florida, which Scott, I agree with you, that's a nice one. And Dan recommended Pismo Beach or Moray Bay all along California's Highway 1, which is also really nice. There were so many suggestions there. If you like camping near a beach, you might want to check that one out. And then finally, what I'd like to share is something that we see from time to time where members take a picture of an interesting rig and then share it with the group. Member S.C. Skeeter saw just such an interesting rig. It was what looked like a semi-truck pulling a fifth wheel and then sandwiched between the cab of the semi and the fifth wheel was this itty bitty car. Um, he saw it at a rest stop in Georgia and boy did it ever get people talking. Everyone wanted to know how'd you get the car in there? And then another picture was from Tony and Tony snapped a picture of what looked like a class A towing a, are you ready for this? Helicopter. That's right, a helicopter. And that one really got people talking. Dwight said, now that's a toad. And Carly, she got me laughing. She said, I thought I was fancy towing my jet ski. That post got hundreds of responses. Um, Tony said he bet that the helicopter was actually used for fighting wildfires because there are quite a few wildfires going on right now. And another person said maybe it's a crop duster. Whatever the case, it was an unusual sight and it got people talking. And that's it for me this week. I'm Wendy Bowyer and I'll see you over at the RV Lifestyle Facebook group. Boy, is there anything any better than seeing all the photos that people post? Yeah, even when you aren't uh, camping, uh, you know, you come back or you're between trips. It's so fun to look at there and see where people are and what they're doing. Uh, something else that we love about camping is eating and uh, campfire food, uh, campsite food is uh, a big plus. That's why we uh, created a sister blog uh, called CampingFoodRecipes.com. And I don't know if you all have had a chance to go over there yet and check it out, but we have new recipes up all the time. People are sharing their recipes. It is just exploding with popularity. And uh, uh, Jerrica Ma is uh, the editor of CampingFoodRecipes.com. And she's got a great one for us this week for you barbecue fans. If you've ever been uh, down south, and you've been in Alabama, uh, you've probably run across people talking about their white barbecue sauce. It is phenomenal. Jerrica is going to tell us all about that from CampingFoodRecipes.com. Hey, Mike and Jennifer and Camping Foodies. This is Jerrica with CampingFoodRecipes.com. And this week I have a new kind of recipe for you because we're going to be making a barbecue sauce. And not just any barbecue sauce, but Alabama white barbecue sauce. Um, that is pretty well known in the South, especially if you've ever been to Alabama, hence the name of the sauce. Um, but it's this really versatile, yummy, tangy sauce that looks like ranch. Um, but tastes like tangy barbecue sauce. Um, and it's great as a dip, but it's also great as a finishing sauce that you can um, brush onto chicken or pork chops um, and basically any meat um, that you like. It works best on, on white meats or light meats like pork and chicken or fish, um, but we've used it on burgers as well and it's, it's tasty for that too. So it's really easy to make, something that you can make at home and take on your camping trip. Um, and then find all sorts of uses for it. Um, we've paired it with our healthy turkey burger recipe before, um, and it's just really a great overall uh, sauce to have in your RV, um, in your RV fridge. So um, be sure to check that out. And also we wanted to encourage you to um, go to our website and click on the submit a recipe. Um, we'd really like to see what your favorite camping recipes are. Um, you can share those. Um, that way everyone in our community can enjoy what you uh, and your family get to enjoy all the time. So head on over to CampingFoodRecipes.com, check out that Alabama white barbecue sauce, submit your own recipe, and peruse all the other recipes that we have. Um, each week we're adding more and more and more, and we'll be adding even more once you submit yours. So we'll see you around, and then next week I'll come back for another recipe of the week. You know, I think we need to try that. That really sounds fun. Sounds 
absolutely delicious white barbecue sauce from Alabama. Thanks, Jerrica, for saving that. And again, for all of you folks, uh, check us out at uh, campingfoodrecipes.com. All right, when we come back, the interview of the week, we're going to talk to the founder of Hip Camp. And Hip Camp is a phenomenal website, a great resource. But one of the things it specializes in is helping you find places to camp on public land. Stay with us for the interview of the week right after this. The one thing that can ruin a perfect RV trip is a bad mattress. And believe us, we know over the years, we've tried many and found them all wanting until now. Now we sleep on the RV mattress by Brooklyn Bedding. Quite simply, it's the best we've ever slept on. We chose a queen-sized Aurora Lux medium firm mattress that arrived tightly rolled in a box. All we had to do is put it on the bed, unroll it, and wait for it to recover from the compression. Then we put the sheets and the bed covers on, and we found we slept so well on it that we ordered another one for our home. That's how comfortable it is. Our sleep is now so luxurious and deep that we can't imagine using a different mattress. Shipping is free, and if you're disappointed with the current mattress in your RV, you owe it to yourselves to try the RV mattress by Brooklyn Bedding. Brooklyn Bedding sends out all of their RV mattresses from their own factory in Arizona. That means they're able to use premium materials at a reasonable price for you with no middleman bringing up the cost. And right now, if you visit rvmattress.com slash rvlifestyle, you'll get the maximum discount off your mattress with the promo code rvlifestyle. Again, use the promo code rvlifestyle for a big discount on your RV mattress by Brooklyn Bedding. We're sure you'll be as thrilled with your RV mattress by Brooklyn Bedding as we are with ours. It really is the most comfortable mattress we've ever slept on. Well, I guess we can tell them we like those mattresses so much we ordered two twins for our guest room at our house. Yeah, we have uh, we have them in our RV, as you saw in that spot. And then we have, uh, we liked it so much we got one uh, for our, a queen size one for our house. And now we've added two uh, singles uh, for our guest bedroom at our new house on our Michigan property. So uh, anyway, RV Mattress, thanks for uh, sponsoring this part of the podcast. This is the interview of the week now. And if you're looking for unique camping experiences this summer, you may have heard about the app and the service, the website called Hip Camp. Um, If not, it's something you, you should check out and you'll learn why after you hear our interview. Uh, It's a company that partners with landowners to provide private campsites in places that are often right near national parks or federal and state forests. And they also specialize in finding uh, public land, places where you can boondock and stay in just fabulous places. Um, We've long heard about Hip Camp and uh, checked it out ourselves. And uh, we're delighted to have on the program for our interview of the week HipCamp's founder and its CEO, Alyssa Rivasio. And I want to apologize for the quality of my end on this interview. Uh, the audio is okay, but we were camped literally on a mountaintop in Tennessee, and uh, the internet connection was on my end wasn't as good as it wants, so my video was out of sync a bit. Alyssa's is fine, and I think you're going to enjoy this interview about uh, um, how to camp on public lands and find private spots as well. Uh, using the service HipCamp. Well, joining us right now is Alyssa herself, and uh, it is a delight to have you on the program, Alyssa. Thank you so much for having me, Mike. Excited to be here. Well, let's start off by kind of telling everybody uh, your story, how you came up with the whole idea for HipCamp, and, uh, you know, just uh, walk us through, because this is a pretty unique uh, website and service that you guys have. And uh, I'd love to hear how it all began. I was really fortunate. My family camped a lot growing up. So I got to spend a lot of my childhood in campgrounds, rivers, forests, mountains, all of it. So for me, camping was just a huge part of who I was. And it was something where I always felt a lot better um, right after camping. I always felt happier more connected to my family, uh, more excited about life. So camping for me was something that I knew I just wanted everyone to be able to do. I wanted everyone to be able to feel those same those same things. And so 
there was one trip in particular where I was planning um, a camping trip for my then boyfriend, now husband. He's from Australia and he'd started talking about how beautiful Australia was and maybe wanting to go back. And I didn't want him to go back. I wanted him to stay in California where I live and I'm from. And so I decided to take him camping to show him how beautiful California was so he didn't have to go back to Australia. And that camping trip was so hard to plan. I mean, I spent hours trying to find somewhere. Everything was on different websites. So much of it had been booked up, you know, six months ago and I had no idea I'd want to go go camping right now. Um, and we finally chose a campground. It was a really beautiful site. But as soon as we showed up, I started looking around and everybody had wetsuits hanging off their tents and surfboards. And I was like, what's going on here? We walked out to the beach and there was a perfect, a perfect wave, Mike, like one of those waves you dream about as a surfer. And I'm a big surfer. I love getting out there. I actually normally keep a surfboard in my car, but for this camping trip to make room, um, I'd taken it out right before driving, driving down. So we still had a great trip, but I really realized on the drive home that, you know, this whole experience was pretty difficult. Um, and I felt better again. I love getting outside. I was feeling so good that I, I just thought, Hey, someone, you know, this problem deserves someone to work on it and make it a lot simpler to get outside and go camping. So that was the, the original seed of the idea. What well, walk us through the, just, I think what hip camp is noted for are the rather unique spots. So where are most of hip camps campsites? I think what you're known for is having a rather unique niche in the whole uh, camping experience. Talk about that. Yeah. So, you know, again, the original seed was just, it's too hard to go camping. You know, let's, let's make that simpler. And something I've really learned as a founder is how important it is to stay focused on the problem, but be really open to different solutions because the original solution I started to build, I actually learned how to program and build a very, very simple website with the idea of just putting all of the public campgrounds and maybe some of the private campgrounds on one map. I just wanted it to be organized and have a clean overview of all my options. Um, and so that's what we started with. And we you know, worked on that for a couple years um, and got a lot of traction, a lot of use. People really loved the product, but we kept getting the same feedback again and again and again, which was that everything's booked up. And so even though this website's really cool, it's not actually helping me go camping more. Um, and we did lots of work, you know, doing advocacy for open data on our public lands and lots of work trying to advocate to our public campgrounds to build more sites, because just for context, I mean, I'm sure all of all of your listeners know there's a lot more people who want to go camping than there are good campsites. Um, for context, in 2022, we sold in the U.S. Uh, over half a million new RVs, half a million. That's about how many campsites we have on public land in the United States today. There's about 600,000. So in just one year, we sold as many more RVs as there are campsites. And so, you know, this was a problem that I was really just wrestling with and spent a lot of time with public agencies trying to advocate for more infrastructure and for various reasons, which we can we could get into. You know, it just didn't seem viable to see a big expansion on our investment on our public lands, unfortunately. And so we kind of came up with the only like remaining idea left, which was, well, what if we camped more on private land? Like, what if we just created a whole new set of national parks. What would that look like? And so, um, you know, about, gosh, now six years ago, we started partnering with landowners ranging from ranchers, farmers, nonprofits, um, really all sorts of people have land and, and kind of with this core insight of let's create more beautiful uh, private places for people to camp in some of the, you know, most beautiful private land in the world. Well, walk us through some of the options that are available now through hip camp what what type of camping facilities are we talking about yeah so we we really run the full gamut so it's everything from you know really basic um kind of dry camping that might be just somewhere really private or a lot of our best um, and most popular sites are really close to national parks we really view public land as this backbone that we're building on top of and extending um, and so really love kind of the the idea of having more people able to be close to public lands, even if there's not somewhere to stay inside of them or they want more facilities. Um, and then we also have a bunch of campsites that do have hookups, uh, water, um, electricity for sure. And so it's really kind of ranges from, you know, really basic all the way up to, you know, an incredible experience with a, you know, outdoor bathtub and a sauna. Um, you got the full the full gamut there for sure. Walk about the the pay uh, for this. How do people pay for it? Uh, 
you have a rather unique uh, uh, structure and policy for uh, for booking and paying for these sites. Yeah, so the the hosts that we work with, so we work with you know tens of thousands of hosts now who offer um, getting close to a million campsites across about four million acres of land around the world. And these hosts are really the community that makes all of this possible, right? These are the people literally opening their gate and saying, you know, come on in, enjoy our river, enjoy our forest, come have fun here. And so we really trust them to set the price. They decide, you know, what's the right price for their location? What's going to make this a fair exchange for them? Um, and then we just take a simple commission off of any of those bookings. And so it's really up to the host and, you know, the camper um, to decide what's going to be the right price point for them. We view ourselves as the matchmakers. We're just connecting people with great, great spots to camp. Now, earlier this year on, on Hip Camp, you put up a, a public land map. Uh, talk about that a little bit for us. What, what are your plans for that? How, how, what are we supposed to do with that? Yeah, so again, Hip Camp, we've always viewed this private land camping as an extension of the incredible, you know, backbone that is our amazing public lands, especially in the U.S. here. There's just such incredible places. And so for us, it's always been a, you know, yes, and let, let's create even more places to get outside. And so the public land maps is one of the first big investments we've been able to make for a while in making our public camping uh, more accessible on hip camp as well, which is something we all care a lot about. We think is a really important, um, obviously part of the camping landscape and something that we will be continuing to invest in, which is really exciting. So, so uh, talk us through a little bit more about this map though, this public lands map. How, how does the end consumer, what, 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 how can they use that? What, what's your intent yeah. on putting that map up there? Yeah, you know, so there's quite a few different um, maps we have that I think are really exciting. There's a public land map that shows, I think, potentially most exciting for people with RVs, all of the different um, boundaries of our national forests and our BLM land. So you can see where you can boondock and camp for free. Um, and we made a really conscious choice to make that data free um, and open to everybody, regardless of, you know, whether they're part of hip camp or even have an account with us. They don't need that. They can they can use it for free. And we think that kind of going back to the early founding days of the company when we were really advocating for, for public data about our parks, we think data about our public land should be public. Um, and so that was something that was really important to us and, and kind of um, part of the inspiration of putting that that data in, in hip camp. Um, one of my favorite land maps we have is our dark skies map. So we also did a really cool partnership with the International Dark Sky Association um, to show you where you can expect to have the best visibility for stargazing um, and where you can kind of get away from light pollution. And so if you add that map layer, uh, you can kind of see where you might want to go for a meteor shower, uh, for example, um, or some other kind of celestial events or viewing. Now as we think about this uh, upcoming summer camping season with still more people out there wanting to camp every seems like every month there are thousands more yep. uh, stock through the uh, uh, the site itself hip camp for those of the uh, the newbies out there who maybe have never run across you guys before uh, how uh, how much does it cost them what are the different uh, uh, membership uh, options that they have yeah. So no membership fee required. Hip Camp's totally free to use and to browse um, with tons of great filters and features. So you can filter for, you know, hookups, um, different RV links and types, um, different activities. Our most friendly or our most uh, popular filter is actually pet friendly. So for people with dogs, I think Hip Camp is an especially great option because you can uh, really find a bunch of new places that are excited to welcome your your pups or cats. Or, or different pets. We've learned a lot. Lots of people camp with lots of different animals, turns out. They sure do. Um, yeah. yeah, so that that's great. And then the prices start at $5 a night. Um, again, there's, you know, places that have incredible amenities with like saunas and hot tubs. Those places can go up to, you know, 75, 100 a night or even higher. So again, you've got a really big range. Um, we do have a filter for prices also. So you can find, you know, whatever is going to match your your budget. And I think, you know, especially as we head into summer, especially with so many more people getting outside, which, you know, we think is great. But again, we need to create more places for people to go. I think the most important thing to understand about Hip Camp is that 90% of the sites on Hip Camp 
are only on HipCamp. These are places that before HipCamp did not welcome, you know, the public generally on their land and now are open for you to come camp and enjoy. Um, and our landowners in general are motivated by a couple of things. Of course, the income is really helpful and often supports them in taking better care of their land and their river or their farm. Um, but they also just love sharing these beautiful places. Um, they love seeing people enjoy them. They think a lot about where's the perfect place for people to camp so that the river is just, you know, that perfect little walk away. Um, and so it's really special to, to kind of get to go to all these places that, you know, just a couple years ago you couldn't go to. So. Yeah. Well, I just want to applaud you for being a visionary in all of this stuff, particularly the use of, um, of bringing in private land and showing people really how much land out there in public land that we can camp in. Uh, now, for some of the uh, folks who are going to be booking sites uh, through Hip Camp, yeah. um, we have a, a code that will get them a 10 percent discount. And we'll put a link to that underneath. Um, give us a quick uh, kind of a look into the future. Where do you see Hip Camp going and, and the, uh, the whole RV camping lifestyle in the next year? Yeah, I mean, I think we're at a really important moment um, for RV camping where there has been such a growing interest in this lifestyle because it's amazing. Um, but again, we haven't, as an outdoor industry, we haven't, the infrastructure hasn't kept up with that rise in demand. I remember talking with the CEO of Airstream a few years ago, and he said his biggest concern about selling more Airstreams is that once people buy them, there's not enough good places to camp. Yeah. Um, and so I do think we're at a really, you know, kind of important moment where our perspective is, look, getting outside is so good for us mentally, physically, like the science could not be clearer there. We also view camping and recreation as a really powerful economic engine both for rural communities as well as for protecting more land and habitat. So there's plenty of places to camp way into the future. So we want to get a lot more people outside, but we also want it to be a really good experience for people. And so as we look to the future, it's really about how do we build, you know, the future of camping, um, which is going to mean more places to go um, that are sustainable and have a positive, you know, experience both for the campers and the ecosystem. Um, and so that's really, that's really what we're focused on right now. I think it's an important moment. We had, I saw some data recently from KOA that over half of the people who started camping in the last couple of years are either going to stop camping or camp much less often because there's not enough places to go. Yeah, that is the huge. So I think it's an important moment as an industry for us to all come together and, and make sure we can keep, you know, growing the pie for everybody. Well, Alisa, thank you so much for uh, making time for us today and uh, for uh, all you do at Hip Camp. We will put links to it in the description below. So, Elisa, thank you so much for making time for us. Thank you for all that HipCamp does. And as a user of HipCamp myself, um, keep it up. I can't wait to use it uh, for the rest of our summer plans. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much, Mike. Great to meet you. Thanks for having me. All I can say is her theory that time outside makes people happier. It sure is true for us. Yeah, there have been a number of studies that show stress level goes down and people's mood improves. Uh, anyway, Hip Camp, uh, we've got a, a note to it on uh, the website. And uh, thanks, Alyssa, for uh, sharing uh, how it all came about. It's always an interesting story to learn about these services that we t almost take for granted. And Hip Camp's a great one for public land and private land where you can camp. We come back, um, news of the week. And remember that Turan we told you about Yellowstone that took that baby buffalo? Well, they caught him. He's paid a stiff fine. The, the buffalo, of course, had to be euthanized. But uh, the problem with Turans at Yellowstone continues this summer. And we'll tell you all about that coming up after this. Jennifer and I bought some land just west of Nashville, Tennessee, in a 5,300-acre estate, a beautiful collection of mountaintop properties called the Woodlands at Buffalo River. For us, it was the anecdote to crowded, expensive campgrounds and the end of worrying about reservations. These are big properties, 5 to 250 acres, and you can build a house, a cabin, outbuildings, or RV year-round starting at $79,900. Your property, your way, 100% ownership, and the scenery is breathtaking. You can landscape, garden, bring your pets, build what you want to. There's high-speed internet, and it is so private. It's a great place to make your home base, 
No more calling around for reservations. It's ready whenever you want. This is the final phase now. They are selling these on May 20th by appointment. Five to 250 acre properties from $79,900. There's great financing and big discounts on multi-lot packages. For information, visit MyRVLand.com. That's MyRVLand.com. Welcome back, and now it's time for the RV News of the Week. Well, the uh, tourist season at Yellowstone National Park has barely begun, and already two uh, what they call Touron videos, videos showing tourist idiots. That's where the phrase Touron comes from. Uh, two of them are making headlines this week, and uh, both of them showed people getting too close to bison, uh, putting themselves and the animals at risk. In one of the incidents, a woman got within a foot of the bison, and it appears she was actually trying to pet it while posing for a picture. Well, the animal wouldn't put up with that. It lunged at her, and she and the animal were not hurt, but uh, what a tour on. And in another incident that we told you about last week, a man who tried to, quote, help a baby bison cross a river was identified and charged. The man was a tourist from Hawaii. Uh, he pled guilty and is facing a $1,000 fine for physically trying to move the calf, possibly causing it to be rejected by the herd, and ultimately it had to be um, euthanized because uh, the herd just wouldn't take it back. Remember, if you're heading into Yellowstone or any of our national parks, it's recommended um, that you stay 25 feet away from bison. Uh, so uh, just watch it out there and don't be a Turan. Okay, now we'll move on to the second story. A group uh, recently ranked the 15 best state campgrounds throughout the U.S., with the number one park being Franconia Notch State Park in New Hampshire's White Mountains. While it seems everybody these days has their own rating of campgrounds, this is the first we've seen in a while exclusively ranking state park campgrounds, which are some of our favorite places to camp. So we had to share it with you. And this uh, ranking was done by a group called Travel Awaits, and they chose parks from all over the country. Others in the top 15 included Maine's Baxter State Park, New York's Niagara Falls State Park, South Dakota's Custer State Park, one of our favorites. And less a bison at Custer State Park, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Arizona's uh, Red Rock State Park and California's Pfeiffer State Park and Indiana's Turkey Run State Park. We'll put a link to the, uh, the survey. And, and you can take all these surveys with a little bit of a grain of salt because basically they all do them so they can then release them and get free publicity about their list of the ranking of state parks and then get clicks back to their website. But still, we find we read all of them. We're suckers for all of them. Uh, we love because we always learn about new state parks. So we should go do this is what you're saying? We can do you it. You and from, I should go out there and oh, yeah, well, all we have to, make we, our top list. All we have to do is ask our people on our RV Lifestyle Facebook group and we would have a more complete and we would get more responses in fact we should do that we'll uh, get more like responses really good idea. we'll ask them to rank their best state parks their best county parks and their best uh, uh whatever other things we want to do and and we'll we'll do the same thing but i love reading those reports because there's a couple of parks that i have not heard about i've not been to baxter state park in in new york and uh um arizona's red rock state park we've we've gone past that we haven't really spent any time but uh, all good it's all good Speaking of state parks, uh, people who enjoy camping and have limited mobility want, may want to put Louisiana's Fountain Blue State Park on their travel list. Uh, that park recently announced it has an all-terrain wheelchair that campers can reserve, and it can help those uh, who need it get on the trails and head out to the beach. Uh, all-terrain wheelchairs are something that we're seeing more and more of at state parks. Uh, apparently, Fountain Blue is the first of what will be many Louisiana state parks to offer an all-terrain ATV wheelchair. Um, you got to have a reservation to use it, and we'll put a link so you can learn more about it. But congratulations, Louisiana State Parks, for, um, for doing the right thing there. I'm glad we can get more people out on those trails. And the next story could give you a nightmare. <laughs> um, some swimmers at a state park in Texas had to be rescued by boat after some hungry alligators trapped them on a floating raft. 
Not my idea of a good time. Whoa. <laughs> the swimmers were at Huntsville State Park, uh, north of Houston, swimming in, Ra- in Lake Raven when two alligators appeared, trapping the swimmers on a floating platform. Eventually, the park rangers appeared and used a boat to rescue the swimmers, bringing them to shore. And in true fashion of today's world, the whole thing was captured on video and shared on social media, getting three million views and counting. Um, well, there's another story kind of like that, but I didn't put it on there because I don't think you would have liked it. It was on our Facebook, our RV Lifestyle Facebook group over the weekend. Somebody was camping in Missouri and there was a big storm that came, swept through, and uh, they found three snakes on their lot, one on their patio and uh, one of them in a storage bin, you know, a cargo spot, and another one that was kind of crawling up on the in- towards the inside of their vehicle. They weren't poisonous snakes, but that would be it they for us. They wanted to get out of the rain. That's apparently <laughs> it. Um, I'm sure uh, Wendy will probably share that on social media next <laughs> week, if not, if you haven't seen it. Hey, one more story, uh, and this one is from Oregon, and um, it's in the uh, 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 Umpqua National Forest in southern, uh, southern Oregon. Um, officials there have uh, issued a warning to beware of wolves. There's a wolf pack there. And um, over the last few months, it has shown an unusual lack of wariness around humans. Uh, Usually, human voices and car horns scare off the wolves or keep them away. Um, But videos recently released show one wolf just lying down near the vehicles, unfazed by it all. Um, They're used to people. And uh, Oregon Department of Fish and Wildlife said there are no reported attacks uh, on people or pets, but... Uh, it is unusual behavior, and they're issuing a warning. Uh, their advice, stay 100 yards away from wolves, keep your dogs on a leash, uh, carry bear spray, works against wolves too, apparently. Don't wear headphones when you're walking on trail, so you will be alert. Uh, make some noise, uh, don't run, um, try to look big. You know, standard bear prevention applies to uh, wolves, I guess, as well. That's the RV News of the Week. We'll have links to these stories and all the stuff we just talked about on the show notes uh, episode for this at uh, rvlifestyle.com. Just click the podcast tab. When we come back, uh, RV Tip of the Week from Queen Bee RV. When we're asked what's the most important modification we made to our RV, it's an easy answer. Battleborne batteries. Battleborne batteries are quality, safe, reliable lithium batteries that allow us to stay out there off the grid longer. Lithium batteries charge faster, they charge fuller, they're longer lasting, they're maintenance free. And battle-borne batteries are protected by a 10-year guarantee. Now in our case, they just dropped into the existing AGM batteries that we have. And they'll probably be the same on your rig too. Battleborne battery experts can get those in your rig just like they did with ours. They can also match you up with the right cabling, the inverter, the charger, the solar controller, everything. Jennifer and I swear by our Battleborne batteries. They allow us to boondock off the grid. Check them out. Go to rvlifestyle.com slash lithium. rvlifestyle.com slash lithium. Now it's time for the RV tip of the week from certified RV inspector, Brenda of Queen Bee RV. You'd be surprised at the number of repair issues that can be easily resolved by having a better understanding of your RV electrical systems. So with that, I want you to begin by familiarizing yourself and actually making a cheat sheet with what appliances and components operate on which type of service, either 120 volts AC or 12 volts DC. This simple hack can help to overcome a large number of your frustrations when it comes to troubleshooting RV appliances. 120 volts AC can be provided by plugging your power cord into a campground pedestal, AKA shore power, or by utilizing your generator or inverter if your rig is equipped. 12 volts DC is provided by your lead acid, gel, AGM, or lithium coach battery. The coach battery powers items such as the interior lights, the water pump, appliance control systems like on your refrigerator and air conditioner thermostat, your slide out and leveling systems, the DSI igniter on the water heater, vent fans, the furnace blower fan, and some electronics. 
The 120 volts AC appliances and components include the big ticket items like your air conditioner, the microwave, wall receptacles, the absorption type or residential style refrigerators, your tank water heater if you have the electric option, and the washer and dryer. Note, it also powers your converter charger, which is quite often overlooked by RVers because it's out of sight and out of mind. Here is why that can cause issues. If you're connected to shore power, your converter charger is always on and is always consuming a variable amount of wattage to either charge your battery or operate your 12 volts DC systems inside the RV. This can be an important troubleshooting tip to know if you're attempting to determine whether or not your RV's power capabilities are being exceeded. Another reminder is that when you're connected to shore power, your converter is actually the one providing power to that list of 12 volt DC appliances and components. So if your 12 volt systems are working great when you're plugged into shore power, but not operating when you're boondocking, check the health and charge status of your coach battery. Now, while you're at it, taking a look at your coach battery condition is next. Double check the connections, make sure they're tight, and make sure there's not excessive corrosion that can interfere with its performance. And two more tips for 12 volt DC issues. Confirm that the battery disconnect switch is not engaged, and don't forget to check the blade fuses in the panel box to make sure none are blown. A few ideas for troubleshooting the 120 volt systems and appliances include checking the breaker at the campground pedestal and the breakers in your electrical panel box for both main 30 amp or 50 amp service or any of the individual appliances. Note that sometimes a breaker could appear to be in the proper position even though it's been tripped, so run your finger across them to make sure none are loose. If outlets are inoperative, make sure the GFCI outlet has not tripped at the receptacle or the breaker panel. And lastly, if your generator is running but there's no power at the 120 volt appliances, confirm that the exclusive breaker for the generator in its compartment is turned on. It seems too simple to be true. However, making a list of these troubleshooting tips on an index card for easy reference can eliminate a surprising number of issues with your RV electrical system. Hope this was helpful and I'll see you next week for another RV tip of the week. Now back to you, Mike and Jen. Thank you, Brenda. She does such a nice job of, she does. of making the kind of complicated, scary parts of our RVs uh, understandable and even nothing to sweat about. So thank you, Brenda. And you can find Brenda at queenvrv.com. Uh, now it is time for our app of the week. And this is taken from the pages of newtraveltech.com. It's our sister blog that celebrates the many ways technology enhances the entire travel experience. And this week is really a website um, that we have used ourselves and we've availed ourselves of this company's uh, uh, goods before. It's called organizedobi.com. And we'll put a link in the show notes. Organized Obi and it's O-B-I-E. Organizedobi.com. Um, and what we really like is they have all these products that help you use um, space in your RV that, you know, like wall space to help you get more organized. We've used them. Yeah, in fact, we need to go down to their store again and pick up some things to hold bows, bowls and leashes and things to make it convenient and easy to get to, not have his dishes rattling around. So we need to, we need to make a stop there. Yeah, they make these mesh bags in all sorts of different sizes and stretch nets, uh, uh, things that use like bungee cords and specially woven materials that you can um, attach to the walls of your RV. They make things very secure. I want one for my phone that I want to put right mm -hmm. next to uh, the bed in our uh, Lisa Travel Vans RV. Um, we have an assortment of them that we've used over the years. Bags, hangers, hooks, shower organizers, a, sh a towel rack, a unique shower towel rack. Um, anyway, you can check them all out. We'll put a link. And the reason we want to mention this is that if you use the promo code RV Lifestyle, they'll give you 5% off the cost of anything you order. Check them out, uh, organizedobi.com. And like Jen said, we're going to head down there in the next uh, couple, three weeks, and we're going to uh, OBI's our, uh, our new Class C RV, our new-to-us one that we've had in, for the last few months. All right, questions of the week coming up after this. When we're on a road trip, we always seem to find a way to stop at a Camping World Center. 
There are over 225 Camping World locations across the country, and there's always one close by when we need parts and accessories for our RV or just want to shop. In fact, uh, we have so much fun with uh, Camping World, and as we talk about it as one of our sponsors, they have agreed to offer a 10% discount if you use the coupon code RVLIFESTYLE10 when you buy $99 or more in merchandise. You'll find everything you want from outdoor furniture and appliances, the ones you see us use in our videos and that we talk about here in the podcast. RV extras that include everything from camping chairs to fire pits, electrical accessories, must-have gadgets. Check them all out. And again, don't forget, use the coupon code RVLIFESTYLE10 when you visit CampingWorld.com. All right, time now for the RV questions of the weekend. And before we get to this week's question, uh, we want to share some great feedback that we got from a member of our RV Lifestyle Facebook group named Max. There's always a lot of discussion, and we get questions all the time uh, about how fast should I go when I'm towing? How fast should I go in a motorhome? How far do I go? And, you know, we have a rule, a 3.30 rule, you know, quit by 3.30 in the afternoon or don't drive over three and a half hours. But what does that really mean in, in terms of efficiencies and energy and gas savings? Well, Max on our Facebook group um, had some really great feedback from his expert. Uh, his, he's, he's an expert in RV travel, and as you'll hear from this and. Here's what he had to say. Okay, Max said, My argument for taking it slow, Trish and I are on day 220 of this year's magical mystery tour. My typical driving day is less than six hours, and my speed is between 55 and 65, depending on traffic and the road. At 60 miles per hour, I burn about 20% less fuel than if I'm doing 75 or 80. That equates to 45 to $50 on a driving day, so basically paying for my overnight stay. At 60 miles per hour, I have a much better reaction time for potholes and a-holes. At the end of the day, I feel a lot better at 60, less fatigued, 60 to 65 miles per hour is a lot easier on me, my truck, and the camper. The downside? On a typical six-hour drive day, I arrive 30 minutes later. So instead of arriving at 3.30, I arrive at 4. Being retired means I'm never in too much of a hurry. Proper planning means I can keep it to under six hours and enjoy the ride. That is really great advice. And as I said, he's an expert. He's been doing this for 220 days now uh, already on the road. Um, that thing he said at 60 miles an hour, he burns 20% less fuel uh, than if he was driving you know, at the speed of traffic on our uh, our interstates, which is 75, 80. So as he said, it saves him 45 to 50 bucks a day in gas consumption. And there is the fatigue factor. When you're tense and you're driving the max that you can safely drive, it is much more tense. Yeah. All right, on to the question of the week. This is from uh, uh, one of our followers called Cat. And Kat uh, sent this one through the RV Lifestyle blog. She says, I recall your original Unity FX motorhome had two oval opening windows under the Murphy bed uh, that when the bed was away, allowed you to reach in and open the driver's side, small, high windows. We just took delivery of our FX and I want to get those down after market. Did you add them to your new FX? Uh, well, no. Well, it was. It's not able to be added. Uh, the company did that two models ago for us, uh, what four years ago, and yeah. I, and, and, it, and we were. Everybody loves those yes. two little windows, and I was thinking it must be the stress factor of why they don't do that, or maybe a little cost factor. But those two windows were so awesome. Now they told us they put them on ours just to see how they would go. And we liked them immediately, and w frankly, we thought they were standard issue because, uh, you know, they were on ours. Because we didn't ask for them, they just were there, and we, well, that's the way it is. But people started seeing our videos like Kat did, and they said, oh, we want that too. Well, Leisure said, no, we're not going to do that. Uh, they decided, for whatever reason, not to put those windows into production across the FX line. And, uh, and indeed, we, we have a new Unity FX that we picked up in September, 
and those windows are are not there and we miss them we really oh, do we really do those two little windows let in light you could look out and see what was going on on that side of your rig in fact we went to uh, a gathering right after we got our fx and all these people were taking notes yeah paper and measuring tapes and they were going to try to add them to theirs because they liked them so much so i don't know why lisa decided not to do it maybe it was a structural issue or whatever but they didn't do it and it's not standard issue and they don't do it as a factory add-on so uh could you do it yourself i suppose so you just would go up and cut out whatever you want out of the top end of that bed but I'd be a uh, little nervous about that yeah i would too i um i wouldn't do it but um Anyway, it's not standard, and I don't know of anybody that does upfitting or anything like that uh, as an extra for you. I mean, they couldn't have picked a worse couple to have done that to yeah. the rig. I mean, they because knew. everybody saw it, and everybody was just heartbroken because they wanted those two windows. And, and you know, something else that we did with Leisure, because when we bought the Wonder, uh, we had the Wonder on the Ford Transit chassis, and the first thing we did is to go put uh, automatic levelers in, and we went to... Uh, a company called Equalizer in um, in near Elkhart, and yeah, we can do it. And they put it on, and we did have issues putting it on. And then um, Alicia does not put uh, automatic levelers on the Wonder chassis, uh, so um, you know on the Ford Transit chassis. So everybody saw ours. And, oh, we want that too. Well, uh, there are a couple companies that'll do it. I think there's a company called Bigfoot that will also put them on, but uh, they are not recommended by Leisure. So. And so, we did have some issues. We did have issues with them. Yeah, it mm -hmm. did not. Uh, they weren't. They they weren't as reliable as they were are on the uh, on the Sprinter chassis. Uh, right. So that's right. good. Hey, do you have a comment or a question? Anything you heard today? Just send us your name and uh, your question, and um, we'll answer it right here on the podcast. Our address is Mike and Jen at RVLifestyle.com. Thanks for watching. We'll see you guys next week. Happy trails.